0: Welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video, if you enjoy these tales of malicious compliance make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said our first story of the day is by United States of LABIA, the lunch break is for eating so go back to work. My ex employer would send me out on errands all the time to the point where my lunch time was over by the time I got back to the office. Many times I would usually skip out on lunch because I personally did not have an appetite. One day, I had to go submit some of the company documents somewhere, and we were understaffed. So we agreed it's best I go during lunchtime. I submitted the documents and grabbed some lunch from a takeaway. I didn't eat the lunch, I simply got it in a takeaway bag and got transport to work immediately. I arrived with only 5 minutes to spare, and I was particularly hungry that day. I tried to eat as fast as possible, and she was just talking to me the whole time, so I can't chew and speak at the same time. At exactly 15.01, she tells me, the lunch hours for you to get lunch and eat it. If you cannot finish your food on time, don't eat it during working hours. Also, please refrain from eating in the work area. 1. I was eating by the microwave because we don't have a designated lunch area. 2. The store, place of employment, was completely empty. I could have used a good 10 minutes to finish up. 3. I didn't have time to eat because I was running your errands malicious compliance. One day it was lunchtime and I wasn't feeling particularly hungry, so I'm standing by the cash register. My boss rushes in, exclaiming how she has a lot to do and we need to get the stock out of her car as fast as possible so she can go to her next meeting. Will somebody please help me? No one responded. OP, you'll help me get the stock out of the car, right? I say I would, but lunchtime is for eating. I took a piece of gum and a bottle of water and stood in the parking lot for the whole hour, watching her struggle with stock and looking flustered. Not my problem. If you had a boss that was willing to make you skip over your lunch and then complain that you were eating your lunch late because you were doing stuff that they asked you to do specifically, would you from there on take as petty of a route as OP did in saying, hey, it's my lunch break. Now's the time for me to eat. Sorry, can't help you. Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Dig The Flaws. Shower Faster Around 20 years ago, there was a high risk of electrical power shortage where I used to live. So, the government asked everyone to do their part and cut the personal use of energy by 30%. I lived with my father and stepmother, there were two bathrooms in the house. The shower they used was powered by natural gas, and the one I used was electrical. So I asked if I could shower in their bathroom, so we could continue using normally the other electric devices of the house. My father said no, that everyone had to do a personal sacrifice, and I had to shower faster. And my stepmother said, not in front of my father, that from that day on, I should take 5 minute showers and let her use her electric devices normally. The problem was that I had very, very long hair, and took up to 45 minutes to completely wash it. So the first day, I took a 5-minute shower without washing the hair, and everyone was happy. On the second day, I took a 30-minute shower to wash my hair, and stepmother was furious. She shouted in front of my father, Why did you take so long? You have to shower faster. I replied, I did shower faster. 30% of 45 is 15. So I used 30 minutes and saved 15 minutes of energy. And you, what are you doing to save energy? My father smiled at the compliance, and my stepmother didn't bother me again about this. I mean, yeah, I think OP had every right to complain about it. The stepmom seriously wants you to completely sacrifice while they don't do anything? Yeah, right, OP should tell their stepmother to let them know when they get common sense. This next story is by JC Squires, who needs an electrician. While in college, I had a summer job in a place that fabricated steel tubing, I was part of a two-man team that packed the finished goods into boxes for shipment. To get them from our workstation to the loading dock, there was a heavy-duty hoist that rode on a monorail on the ceiling. To control it, there was a plastic switch box hanging from a cable. It was old and took a lot of abuse. About once a week the switch would stop working. My coworker was a guy named Dave, who was studying electrical engineering. We got along pretty well and had developed a system for when the hoist didn't work. I would walk across the shop to the electrical panel, flip the breaker that controlled the hoist and let out a loud whistle. He would open up the switch box, clean out all the crud, make sure the wires were connected, reassemble the box, then whistle. That was my signal to reset the breaker and get back to work. One day we were very busy processing a big order from an important customer who resented the college kids who worked there, was running around yelling at everyone to work faster and get off our forking butts. And of course, he was right by me when the hoist stopped. I took off for the breaker panel while Dave fetched the screwdriver. Harry started screaming, Where the fork are you going? We have to get the forking hoist fixed. Ever noticed that some people use fork and its derivatives as a sort of verbal punctuation? I told them I was going to flip the breaker while Dave fixed the switch. He told me we can't afford to wait all forking day for me to walk across the forking shop and fork around with a forking breaker. He turned to Dave and said, just fix the forking switch. Dave said he would do that as soon as the power was off, but as long as the power was on, he wasn't going anywhere near it. Here he started ranting about the forking college kids he had to deal with and the wussies who think they knew so much. It was his job to show us how things work in the forking real world. Dave and I just stood there pretty much ignoring him. We knew that there wasn't much he could do, and neither of us were going to risk injury for $2.63 an hour. When Harry finally realized that we weren't going to fold, he told Dave to give him the screwdriver. I asked him if he was sure he didn't want me to cut the power. He said, just give me the forking screwdriver. Okay, you win. He got the cover off without incident, then started poking around inside the box. He triumphantly showed us that the forking wire had come off the forking screw and you don't need a forking degree in electrical engine zap. The shock knocked him on his butt. The switch was fried and the tip of the screwdriver had a large divot. The general manager came running out of his office to see what the commotion was. By this time Harry had recovered but had a nasty burn on his hand. GM had another guy drive him to the ER. He told Dave and me to just hang out until he got the switch fixed, this time by a real electrician. That took most of the day. GM asked us if we could do him a favor and work late to get this order out. We agreed, a little overtime is always welcome. It didn't take very long. It's funny how much better things run when you have equipment that actually works and no foreman screaming at you. As we were punching out, GM thanked us and gave us each 50 bucks. And for the rest of summer, Harry didn't fork with us. All I know is I really, really hope that Harry actually said fork. Just all the time, instead of actually cursing, just saying fork. I don't know, there's just something weird about a foreman going around actually just saying like, fork this, fork that. It's like weird because they're yelling and ranting and raving, but like, there's still like some moral ethics being applied here. It's like you're trying to curse us out, but you're doing it in a preschool way. Our next story is by Alita area. Don't leave food out? Okay. I work in an environment where we can't eat at our desks for safety reasons, so we have a break area where we keep food and drinks. The big boss came to our department for a random visit. He likes to pop in just to see if we're actually doing work and on his way out, he noticed the break area and went to investigate. My coworker prefers to snack rather than eat large meals, so she typically eats her breakfast a little at a time. This morning, she had a protein bar and had eaten half of it before going back to her desk to continue working. He saw the protein bar and returned to our desk area. Big Boss said, Please ensure all food is eaten or thrown away by the end of the day. We don't want insects. Supervisor says, um, yep, we do that every day. The Big Boss says, I see half-eaten food out there right now. Supervisor says, It's 10.30 am. The Big Boss says, I'm just saying. Big Boss leaves and goes to talk to mid-level boss in her office about unrelated things, but with the door open as is usual around here. Coworkers annoyed that she's being chastised for having food during her workday, and for ACTUALLY WORKING instead of sitting and finishing it all at once. She grabs the protein bar and parks herself right outside the office door and starts munching away. Mid-level boss says, Hi coworker, do you need something? Coworker says, Nope. Big boss wanted to ensure all food was eaten by the end of the day, so here I am, eating. Mid-level boss says, Nothing. Big boss says, Um, I just didn't want ants. Coworker says, No, it's cool. Food's eaten, I'll just go back to work now. For what it's worth, we do always clean up our break area at the end of the day. Sometimes work is just so busy you can't eat everything in one sitting. She had the protein bar on a table, folded so no crumbs were going anywhere. And it's not like throwing it in the trash would help, since our trash occasionally doesn't get emptied for days, but that's another issue altogether. Yeah, I was gonna say, whether the protein bar's on the table or eden and the wrappers in the trash the amount of crumbs is probably still going to be pretty comparable it's not like if you toss it in the trash it's just going to disappear it just reeks of somebody who has no idea how things operate even though those things have been operating just fine all along it's like some big boss walking into an art studio and saying hey before the end of the day don't forget to put that paint away it's like yeah, of course, that's what we always do. I'm just saying. And I'm just saying your help is unneeded and annoying. And our final story of the day is by been there and done that, you're just a blank. Over a decade ago, I worked for two days in a Mediterranean-style restaurant in San Diego's affluent Hillcrest community. The owner, who was a former server there, bought the business from his previous boss-slash-owner when he decided to retire. Red flag number one. During the interview, this interesting owner dropped the fact that he only hires men and prefers to hire guys with brown hair and eyes. And never any gay men, p.s. he was gay himself, red flags 2 and 3. For context, I was just recently out of the navy and the only thing I'd done previously was work in restaurants, including going to culinary school, so I fell back into old habits. He was so impressed with my decade of experience both in front and back of the house, hiring me on the spot. Told me to come back later at 4 to start that night. When I show up, I'm introduced to the single holdover from the previous ownership. A young 18-ish looking cook who's the only person who knows anything about the goings on of the kitchen. The new owner didn't learn anything from the previous. Red flag number 4. As the night progressed, I was just gliding through the restaurant handling tables like I would with only 10 minutes of training from the owner on how the point of sale system worked. He then proceeded to sit in his private booth for the rest of the night. Fortunately, as a professional, you couldn't tell it was my first night, so I'm steadily putting in orders and waiting for them. I offered to help out in the kitchen for a few minutes dressing plates or dropping falafel. The owner told me no, I'm just a server. Red flag number five. At the end of the night, I cashed out, went to the bar, and went home. Here comes the malicious compliance on my second and last shift. Pretty much the same thing happens on the second shift. But this time, when the owner decided to get up from the private booth that no one except himself sat in, decided to berate the only cook. So he walked off the line. At this point, our owner had to step into the kitchen And if he didn't know how to make an item, it was 86th, red flag number 6. I had several more tables come in, and I explained the cook wasn't feeling well and we had a limited menu, just trying to be professional and not throw the business under the bus. Eventually, our esteemed owner came out of the kitchen from seeing tables get up and leave without placing an order. He asked why, and I said they wanted X item that we didn't have because of the limited menu. He asked me with a snotty yet groveling tone, Could you go in the kitchen and do orders? I quickly reminded him that I'm just a surfer. He decided to close down 30 minutes later. At this point, I still closed up shop and during cash out, I told him I won't be back. He retorted, That's okay, I was going to fire you anyway. Well, I coldly told him, You'll be shut down in less than six months with your own attitude as the cause. And yes, it did close down, and he was forced to sell the building, throwing the tenants upstairs out too. P.S. It took him almost two weeks to scrounge up my measly 12-hour paycheck, and I happily drank and pissed it away. I just don't understand how you go and you buy a restaurant, you don't learn anything about how it truly operates, you don't learn the menu... You don't know how to prepare the food yourself, you treat the cooks like crap, you treat the servers like crap. Like, if I was in that owner's position and I own this restaurant, I would be trying to support the people however I could. Obviously, as the owner, you shouldn't have to be, like, running around and doing all the dirty work. But with that comes the expectation of treating the people who do the dirty work good. Not throwing them under the bus, telling them they're just a server, berating them for what you think is not great performance... And you know, when they're in the weeds, not giving any help at all. Needless to say, it's not much of a surprise why this guy went out of business. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage.